What's up, Florin family? Welcome to the huddle. We're here every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central discussing topics that will help you maintain forward progress in your flooring career. With me, as always, Mr. Daniel and Jose Gonzalez, the preferred flooring out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. How are we doing, gentlemen? Good. Made it. <laughs> hey, well, you're not in a truck driving across the Michigan somewhere, so. No, no, I just got back, actually, so that's why I said I just made it. So we almost caught you in the truck. Almost. Well, you've always pulled it off in one manner or another. I think I've yeah. spent a day or two uh, of the podcast in a in a um, vehicle myself. Yeah. So, <clears throat> all right. So today, um, episode fifty-two, we're talking about overcoming and managing common installation challenges. So, you know, with with a lot of our subject matter here at Go Carrera, we're dealing with, you know, the same real big issues are always going to continue to come up. So talking on the micro issues is always kind of uh, a fun thing to do. And and I think that's kind of where we can find those nuggets. So, you know, the challenges and managing those challenges of installation. <clears throat> so let's start with commercial. Because <laughs> that's what that's what I love. Us do, yeah. <laughs> and that's what we do the most of. Um, so, what are? Uh, I'll, I'll throw a couple out there that we have found. Um, and and you can get as deep as you want, but I think the one of the biggest installation challenges that we face as a company from the company side. And I, I think it also affects our subs uh, and their money is efficiency. Uh, getting on the job site, things not being ready, um, uh, you know, moisture issues or yeah, really, you know, the moisture issues you can deal with, but it's really like driving three or four hours to a job site, having crews show up and then <laughs> the area not being ready. That's never happened. That's never happened before at all, right? Yeah, only a time or two. Um, so that that's a challenge, and I know it's a it's obviously affects both sides, the company and the installer. The installer goes all the way out there. Company goes off of the word of the site superintendent or foreman or whomever, you know, sends guys out there and they go all the way out. They spend their money and time and effort to go out to a job site. And then it's not ready. They can't install. Or I love this one. Oh, that won't take us but an hour to move. You know, we can have that moved in no time or things like that or other trades being in the way. And I guess that boils down to this accelerated schedules and things that are happening on job sites. I mean, we got projects where owners are wanting to sign off on warranties and everything. They don't care. Oh, just man. like get our stuff in. And um, so those are the biggest challenges or the, the first challenge I'll bring up. And and uh, there's some ways around it and Go Carrera's got some cool features coming out that can help you uh, companies and installers to work through this problem. But, um, you know, initially I've just really been pushing back on um our superintendents i have i've had to work with our our pm team to like realize that just because a a gc or a sub uh, superintendent says i want you out here on wednesday that doesn't necessarily mean you do that you know you may say look if you're not ready you know i, I want proof that you're ready um that's tough to get. Uh, there's there's some ways. Uh, GoCareer is coming out with a video uh, feature that allow you to link that video, link that uh, superintendent in right out of the gate, have them walk it. You can mark up the, the video as you go and show them what needs uh, completed or done um, for you Phenomenal to show up. Phenomenal feature. Phenomenal feature. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. 
but in the meantime, while we're waiting on that awesome feature to come out, I demoed it with you guys, and it was that was a fun time from one being on a plane to Vegas. I think you were still in Michigan, and I was in Wichita, yeah. and we were all collaborating on stuff. It, uh, it, it, it warranted a, a a phone call right after the podcast was done. <laughs> because it, it, talking about it and visualizing and then actually going through the process was totally different. It was amazing. Yeah, I might use a podcast just to do, you know, a portion of it to get a little salesy. I, not that I don't, we don't talk about Go Career. Obviously, we do, but maybe show that feature um, and let that get out there a bit. But in the meantime, I think that you have to, uh, if you have to go out there as the company, which is what I've been telling our guys, like we got to send one of our superintendents mm -hmm. out or somebody you need to save your crew that trip and and verify that it's ready yourself in some manner uh right now for us that's honestly in person until we mm -hmm. launch this feature we're doing the same thing we're going out to the job site um what's your guys's approach to that because i know you do some work that maybe outside you know most companies will do work you know two or three hours circumference of their area yeah, I think um, it, it, same thing. We've been in the same scenarios where, yeah, we're ready, we're ready. And, you know, you kind of got to trust the process, whether it's a, a direct contract through ourselves or through uh, another company, you, you got to trust the line of communication and that they're telling the truth. Um, after a few times of showing up and just kind of getting hosed where you show up with a crew of Aha, six. it has happened to you. <laughs> you show up with a crew of six. And like you said, oh, it's only gonna take an hour or two or, you know, or you know what, you guys can start in this uh, 10 by 10 room right here while we clean this up, you know, and show up with six guys and two trucks of material. And uh, you kind of start making the phone calls and, and, and it sucks to say it like this, but you kind of start asking direct questions and, and giving information very direct. Like, hey, dude, if it's not ready, I'm just letting you know, like, this is where I, who, what I'm bringing this is uh, what we plan on doing based off of our conversations and the schedule. If it's not ready and I got to leave, I'm not going to wait two hours. I'm going to leave and I'm going to charge you for the day. I'm going to charge you for the entire crew. It's not fair to them. It's not fair to me. Um, so we've had those conversations. More yeah, like an hour for them if you got six guys is seven hours for you. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, and uh, they understand it. They, they, everyone acts oblivious to it. Um, then why do they do it, Jose? Why is it that I have walked onto so many job sites when they say they're ready and it's not ready? And then, um, the, the best I can tell them is, you know, most of the time we'll just jump in and start helping them move because we don't want to go home. We want to work. Right. We're there to work. And it's like, what what is this new I it won't it ain't new but it's getting worse like come to the job no windows no HVAC <laughs> wanting to sign off on LBT being installed from China and I'm like do you know how to, bad this can be it all goes down to years ago I remember when we used to have like I remember when deadlines were realistic right I remember when you had a deadline like hey we're starting we're breaking ground we got 18 months for this project now, you know, if you go back 15, uh, 20 years ago, a project that took 18 months, they're getting it done in seven now um, from breaking ground to completion and turnover. Um, they, and, they were until COVID happened. Right, until COVID <laughs> happened. But I, I, it's just, uh, I am positive that the generals and the contractors are doing their very best to stay on task and keep the schedule um, as planned. But it's the same thing, and, and and you know, not not to stand up for them, but I know that they're relaying information, and 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 things are not getting done in a timely manner by other contractors or trades. And um, and I don't want to say it like this, but uh, you know, me being a subcontractor, they they kind of trust other subcontractors to hold up their end of the bargain. Um, performance from a company who has the majority of the other contractors who are in house actually perform better. Their projects are, in fact, ready or they, they exceed expectations. But if it's a um, construction management company who's managing other subs and other trades, you know, that's, man, that's, 
I don't want to say well, it like that, but it's a disaster waiting to happen if, if one person falls off or if a material is, is backordered, a product. I, the, some of the durations, though, like the scheduling you were talking about, I mean, it, it's almost like they've there's not been a concerted effort to understand the lead times now on yeah. HVAC and allow for that in your schedule. Like it, it blows my mind. We do have three jobs that we're on long before we, we should not be on them. Yeah, we just should not. not. And I, and I, they're willing to sign our paperwork and a couple of them, I think they have the others are like, well, we, we're monitoring site conditions and keeping site conditions up to date or up to par with what the specs say. And I'm like, you know, are you keeping them on? Who's monitoring this stuff at night? Like you got 12 hours of the, you got half the hours of the day that it's no one's there really monitoring it. So and it's just frustrating. Carlos is on uh, LinkedIn. He said about the, the moving and the hours and stuff. Uh, do we put anything in the contract about charging per day? And I think that's, you can put any anything that you want when you send it to them, but they're always going to send you their contract back and then it supersedes whatever you say anyways. Yeah, it's always their contract and you can mark it up and we do. <laughs> um, but most contracts state, you know, that the, the GC is driving the, the schedule and that you agree that you're going to be there when when scheduled to perform the work and you know it's just it's like the planning before we get there because i'll give you an example i'm doing a job i did a bunch of classrooms and they spoon fed us half the classroom at a time there was eight in this one wing and it took a we couldn't put six guys on that we put yeah. one one guy and a helper, and it took them all week to lay those six classrooms, maybe even seven days, because it's just like this. Now, you know, it's an out-of-town job. It's still in Kansas, but it's pretty far out. Now I've had this guy out of town to get 400 yards of carpet and maybe <laughs> – 800 to a thousand square foot of LVT put in and this crew, you know, they don't want to stay out of town another eight days straight. So now I've got to transfer in another crew. It's uh, so what we did, I'll tell you how we handled it is I started just deciding that we'd push back to the GC and say, no, you have it ready this day. And I am coming with six guys. I'm not coming with one or two. Cause they tried that stuff that in this big main, huge common area, all carpet tile. And they want us to start in this corner and then kind of move this way. And then they'll move stuff onto it. And I'll, I was like, no, just get it ready. When are you going to be ready? I'm not going to be there that they wanted us there the last Monday. I was like, when are you going to be ready? Like really ready. Well, we had HVAC on since Friday. I said, well, that's good. Cause we've got several thousand yards of carpet laid in that area. So <laughs> Thank you finally for getting that done. But when are you going to be 100% ready with all the trades out of that area? Well, we can't wait till then. I was like, why? When are you turning it over? July 17th. I said, I'm talking about doing that entire area in a day and a half. Yeah, right. Like all of it, base and the entire area in a day and a half. And so we got to set up like that and uh, we'll see how that plays out. But that's like, it's almost like not being not being on the job for elongated times as a flooring guy and then coming in for two or three days and just banging out a thousand yards. You know, it, it almost seems like that. I've been flirting with that a little bit. And it seems like it, that's working, at least on larger projects. I mean, so that's in, schedule is my number one, like pet peeve challenge for in my, uh, in my, uh, assessment of like installation problems and then we can get into like actual technical installation problems too and some other stuff whatever you guys think but that's that's just a tough one for both sides too it's one yeah, that affects you you as the contractor and the installers 
it, it, it affects everybody. And, and, and what, what you just said there too, that scenario about getting the area done, say two days. I know working with the people that we've worked with for, for years, it's easy for us to negotiate those areas and do that because they, they know that we're going to complete what we say we're going to complete. If we say it's going to take two days, if they give it to me, it's going to take two days, we'll get it done in two days. It's going to take three, it'll take three. Um, but I know a lot of other contractors have just been burned by other installers and, you know, that leaves a bad taste in their mouth and that's where, that's where they're thinking, right? They are, you know, everybody is always a worst case scenario, um, mindset when it comes to putting themselves in a bad spot and, and that's where they dwell. So risk uh, management. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's the same thing with, uh, if, if we were to hire subcontractors or have our employees, if something goes wrong, you don't ever bank on something going wrong you bank on everything going perfect and if something something throws a wrench in your schedule for that day and you had an extra day uh you gotta ask for forgiveness at that point but i think it just goes back to the the conversation we had a few podcasts back about you know communication right yeah because um we just started doing work for a gc over here and it was our first project direct through them and i started showing up at at the meetings, you know, they say they only want you there if it's like two weeks out. Well, I started showing up six weeks out. They're like, you're not even, you don't even need to be here right now. I said, I need to make sure that you're <laughs> going to be ready to go when you say you're going to be ready to go. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe getting to job, job meetings earlier. That That's, that's a good idea. And if so familiar, you started going you. six, six weeks out or yep. did, is that literal? That was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they asked me why I was there. I said because when this when we get this carpet, my job I'm trying to start installing it as soon as it gets in. Yeah, my scope depends on all these other guys and what you're telling them right now. And then if all else fails, like the, you're talking about the owners of the sign off, I don't I don't know if they relay all the correct information to the owners of of, of the facilities or buildings because if you tell a I don't know, maybe I'm different. If you tell an owner or tell me that I'm going to pretty much cut the life of a material or, or potentially cut the life of material in half because I'm trying to rush it and then I'm not going to get the value out of my investment, I'm probably just going to want to wait a little bit and make sure it's done right. Um, but that's just me. Well, um, I just said no to a project where they wanted to put, and I talked to the manufacturer and it's cork flooring in a hot yoga studio. <laughs> And it, they were like, you know what, this is this is the method that you can use. It's still not warranted, but I've seen it perform and not fail. So I'm like, all right. And then they were like, as long as you don't use the floating system, you'll be fine. And then they came back, hey, they're going to buy their own flooring now. So one, I lost the sale of the material. And then two, they want to put floating in there. And I'm like, no, we're not going to do it. And they just came back with, well, we're never going to use your company. I said, that's totally fine. It it seems like we have different values and I'm not going to install a floor that I know is going to fail. Wow. If they only knew you're just trying to prevent a lot of heartache and headache in the future. Well, when he There's first plenty talked, of companies that'll just come throw shit in for you. Why? Why? Right. Come well, we're, we were the third company they, that he contacted <laughs> and I'm the one that got the, the correct system in order to do it right. Everyone else just said they weren't going to touch it. And then as soon as I handed them, this is what's going to perform for you. They were like, no, we want to do it this way. Well, yeah, find someone else to do it that way. Yeah. So I, I, I think that regardless of, you know, as hard as hard as we both both of our companies work to maintain relationships and have good communication and stuff, I think it boils down to. Um, I I think one of the um, things that can move the needle the most is what you said about going a little earlier job site meetings. You'll get a real good. I think that's a good nugget that comes out of this is like start going to your job site meetings a little bit earlier than you normally were would. I mean, like I said, two or three weeks out, we may start going, but get there six weeks and you can see if the HVAC system's running behind or if the, you know, and, and our documents, by the way, that 
to have someone sign off. One of the things that I've learned through going to trade shows and talking with like, you know, Jeff and some of the other attorneys that show up to these things is send it to the GC. You got like our form requires signature by the GC architect and owner. Uh, if there's not an architect, there's always a GC and always an owner. And if this happens to be the same, sign it twice. <laughs> I don't care, right? There's there's usually more than just one party involved. So we write it up in a way in where we're trying to be very clear with them. And I just give this advice to anybody who, if that's the final straw and you have to. Eventually, what do you do? Your GC saying, I'll sign whatever you send me. I want you on site next Tuesday. Like contractually, you're obligated to be there when the GC says. Right. Yeah. And so you send them this document, uh, a few pieces I would advise everybody to have. List every single possible failure that can happen. Right. And that's where clean. like I was talking about before the you have a contract and we're talking about after the contract. Because once you're in that contract, it's it seems like it'd be a little bit easier to be strong-armed into doing something that you don't want. And you just have to make sure that your bases are covered because you you can't really say, well, I'm just going to walk away from this job because you got a contract. Yeah, not without breach of contract. You're not, right. And that's a major issue. Now you're in litigation or arbitration. You want to avoid that or they'll just supplement you and then they, they'll spend all your money plus yeah. some plus and send money. you a bill for it. So there's once you sign the contract, you're kind of stuck and um if you get in that situation, like I said, make sure you list every single possible failure point, whether it's gapping, curling, adhesive seepage, maintenance issues, complete mm -hmm. flooring failure, trip hazards, all this stuff we list as potential failures. And then we even list like common, um, uh, how did I say it, common, like the ones that I anticipate happening on your site, uh, most notable, common and most notable failures. And I start listing those, like these are probably gonna happen on your job. Just know that these don't call me uh, to come fix. I'll come and tell you how much it's gonna cost to fix. You know, and I put that language all the way through it. So that's a, just a kind of a sidebar side note. So. Um, what other types of deals? We got site conditions and job being ready. What other types of installation challenges? Um, well, you did touch on moisture, right? Because that's a yeah. huge thing. And one of the, the biggest challenges is teaching people how to spot moisture issues, I think, because once you see something underneath, it could be look like wet adhesive but it may not be necessarily even be a moisture issue right because you can have like a plasticizer migration and stuff that'll eat the adhesive too and it's not necessarily a moisture issue or anything but um baby's sister was real proud of herself she was on a hospital project one time and there was a bunch of efflorescence and and stuff like that and she caught it and um thankfully that the the company that we were working for was like yeah let's fix this now so that way we don't have to later and it it was quite a, a hefty ad but it got done right so being able to spot it and then also talking to your reps because you need to know the systems to fix it before you and we touched on this before right don't just present the problem you got to say this is the problem this is the solution yeah it makes it a lot easier, a lot easier for that, you know, and, and that moisture issue does apply to residential too. So like we had an issue where we had a situation where there was an add on and it was an old garage that they had added um, a room over and converted it. And this was another remodel and it sucked to say, but we walk in there and I'm looking, I'm like, was this a garage? I don't know. And then we asked the homeowner, uh, yeah, I think it was. No vapor barrier. So, you know, it's a garage. You didn't have to worry about it. So you had to drop that that bomb on them for the ads too. But it, it's just a putting yourself in a situation to understand uh 
that there's educational classes out there and programs to to help you dive deep into that so you can spot it a lot easier instead of having to go through all uh, a lot of formal testing just to get the science behind it. You say, oh, look at this. Let's, I've seen this before, or I know what that, that looks like. Let's just make sure. Um, we took a couple classes for that. I mean, I mean, we take a couple classes for almost everything. But <laughs> well, what are some common signs that you guys, like when you talk about moisture, what do you, what is the first thing you're looking for when you walk on a job site? You, you, regardless of, you may not be suspecting, but in our field, we're always looking for moisture. So what are some of the key first signs? So um, for, for me, like walking into a brand new construction site, a commercial site, just visually, I, you know, I, I do the old man shuffle, right? Feel for imperfections in the, in the concrete as I'm walking and talking. But visually, I look for inconsistencies in the concrete for visual, um, you know, knowing, uh, spotting what slabs were poured at different times and um, what ones were exposed to the elements during the time of the pour and things like that. Like, if you pay attention to that, you can see some of the inconsistencies, which might raise some red flags and not red flags like, oh, we're going to have to do this, but you're going to ask questions. And some of the people like to answer them. Some of them don't, but you will get your answers regardless um, if you're asking the GC. But some of the guys around will say, yeah, this is what happened. You know, we, we were pouring the concrete. The sun was out. It was too hot and it started you know, curing on us really quick. We couldn't couldn't do it fast enough. Or it rained. We were doing it and it started pouring down. It came down. We couldn't cover it on time. Or, you know, no roof when we did mm -hmm. this. This is a lot of different uh, things. I always try to look at the envelope to make sure that <clears throat> do they have windows, doors, and roof. Is the building yeah. envelope closed? If not, you're likely going to have some problem. Then HVAC. And then when you look visually, like you can kind of tell that darker concrete. And if you're paying attention, you know, I've I've called it plenty of times walking on a job and they're like, yeah, we better run some early moisture <laughs> tests on this one. <laughs> you know, you can just kind of see it all around puddles here and there. Uh, I've seen leaching up onto the, onto the uh, sheetrock wall. Oh yeah on primed walls and you can see it leached up and I'm like, okay, this has had water at some point and maybe it's flooded or it's coming through the concrete and up that drywall or something. And so you start investigating and the, the main thing is if you're, I mean, if you're wondering at all, you better call somebody as an installer and say, Hey man, has this been moisture testing? <laughs> you know, like your crew's going out, like, if this has, what was the reading? Because it looks, because they can change. So having your yeah. crew understand that just because you moisture tested two weeks ago uh, or 72 hours ago, if you're following the guidelines, you're supposed to do it within 72 hours of installation. Well, shit can change in 72 hours real quick too, you know, especially if they don't have proper remember. drainage or something like that. And it is coming through the concrete. Um, we, we, try to look at a lot of those things but obviously the best thing to do is toss down a moisture test right and then i we i do have to explain to them because a lot of a lot of people know now about the rh tests and they think that all right this is the only thing you need but like when there's a i was just on a came in early to talk to them and i was like is there a vapor barrier underneath this and they were like no this was all warehouse space and i was like oh yeah we're gonna need some moisture testing he was like oh yeah we'll just drop some pro have someone drop some probes and i said and you got to do some calcium chlorides too because you know you don't understand that you're not going to see moisture vapor in unless you cover it in in some cases right because then the moisture has nowhere to go i said once i yeah. once i put carpet tile on here it's non-porous and it's the moisture is just going to collect underneath and just educating people about it like that. They they actually understand. They were like, 100%, we'll get it done. Yeah, because you can have 75% RH and it, and it passes with flying colors, but you can still have high 
vapor emissions off 75, 80%, you know? So doing both tests, although I admittedly don't do it every time, if the facility looks pretty good, there's a vapor barrier and the RH test comes back at 75, 80, 85, depending on the adhesive, um, we typically will roll with that. Probably not the Thank best. You. I got I got the the, <laughs> the nod of like you better go the next step, Mister Stewart. <laughs> you know, to, to say that we've done it on one hundred percent of them uh, as well, we, we'd be lying, right? Like like you said, there's a there's a level of comfort, and if it's questionable, then 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 yeah, by all means. But if you're going in and it, you're getting consistent readings and everything's on the lower levels, and you don't feel that there's a need. You know, you can trust your gut a little bit, but, you know, just follow all the standards. If you feel you need to, to do it, then, then then do it. And and if you don't, don't don't say Jose said that on the podcast or or Paul said you don't need to do it if you feel comfortable. Just... Well, it just goes back <laughs> to the contracts and every contract they have it in there that you need to follow the ASTM standards. Yeah. And they those straight up put F710 right in anything yeah. resilient. Well, that'll lead to our next challenge, which is <clears throat> installers knowing that ASTM F710 and or reading the installation instructions and really understanding what you're installing. Um, we've had it happen even recently where specialized product happened to be put in a specialized way. You don't just glue it, glue the entire area and start laying LVT, it's a wet set adhesive on this particular job and got out in front of this guy and it's like, dude, you can only scrape what you can install in 30 minutes. It wasn't plain. <laughs> like, this is dead. You got to scrape <laughs> all this up. It's gone. In fact, that, you got to take up these last, last two rows and scrape that up too, then reapply what you can install in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, open and, time and flash time is is very confusing to some people. And uh, well, and the manufacturers don't make it any easier. Some of their de descriptions is like between five and seventy five minutes, and <laughs> based on site conditions. Yeah, yeah, based, yeah, on, based yeah. on site conditions. Touch the adhesive if it transfers, but not too much. Then you know <laughs> that is exactly how they sounded like in Forbo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like, dude, just give me some clear direction here. Uh, little to no but, transfer, but but is it little or is it no? Like yeah, like is, is no okay? One line or two lines? Like I my fingertip is I can get five lines on there, but little to no. Like which one is it? Yeah, yeah. There's a so I think the manufacturers make that even more difficult. But open times and and staying informed, like the crews, it's hard for a company to then get all the crews informed on stuff that we get to know i wish there was like you know facebook's terrible for it but it'd be nice if there was like a just a quality forum of like new installation guidelines as they come out just a thread you know and it split between like mm -hmm. carpet resilient hardwood and tile and like when a new tile grout comes in it's on a bulletin under that that forum and you go in there and you can look at you know, new product releases, new new ways of installing, you know, shortcuts found by experts, that kind of stuff. Is, is that what Floor Cloud is planning on doing in the future? You know, I don't know if that, um, you know, they do a lot of, what Floor Cloud does really good, the real, like, in my opinion, key value is you get to load in the products that you're doing on the job site. So it'll do all that figuring for you. Um, as far as um, product releases and things like that, I hope so. They'd be primed to do so in the, with all the aggregation of that uh, right. material data, they'd be best suited probably in the industry, at least currently uh, for that information to be shared. Um, but I tell you, it'd be, it'd be nice just to have, because you, I guess you can go, you know, what's an installer going to do? He's going to Google it if he doesn't know. Yeah. If the, 
and and what hey they should google it <laughs> yeah. whether they do or not is yeah we, we want story. them to um, to google it if you do not know we tell them like google is free use it like or or reach call. out you know yeah. we get we get calls all the time hey i've never worked with this before and then you know i could say this is what we did the last time but let me i still need to look up to see if anything's changed yeah and uh, when when Crystal and I were down in Georgia, I, I think I brought that uh, question up about uh, a QR code for a live scan on a bucket and and immediate updates. But it would be industry wide, right? And um, I won't say the manufacturer, but they said that their website is updated as everything happens. So in order to find out, you got to go there and check it out. Um, which is okay, but you know, not everyone's going to do that all the time. Um, but if if there were alerts, if there were a way to become a member of that manufacturer and receive alerts uh, to a specific app or anything like that with uh, material updates or changes, that would be great. Well, at the very least, Google it. Like, yeah, I know that sounds pretty simple, but pick up your pick, pull out your phone, GTS, Google, Google this. Is that yep. what that means? Yep. <laughs> Google that. Google stuff. that S. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't need another Paul mishap. <laughs> Let me just type it for you guys. <laughs> oh, I, uh, okay. We won't we won't bring that up. So um <clears throat> all right, so we talked about side conditions, uh moisture issues, and kind of identifying those early on. Um uh, from an installer standpoint, what do you guys, do you guys deliver all your materials to the job site or do they come and pick up from your warehouse? Oh, both. Yeah, both because we, like, just like you, we have our in-house and then we also have subs. So like yesterday I met someone at, because we're doing some residential projects. So I met him on site, brought the stuff out there. So that way he can install it today. Yeah, so I asked that question because um, I, I went through Facebook to find a lot of griping, and the griping that I was I was just trying to see like, all right, well, this is a bunch of installers, and this next podcast is on installation challenges. What are they? What's what's being said? Salesmen. Now it's it's heavily skewed residential on most of the Facebook stuff, so. But so salesmen in general selling stuff that they don't know themselves how to not only how to install, but that it's the right product for the job. Now, I think that's more on residential because in commercial, as you guys know, you got more like professionals picking it, at yeah. least to an extent, an architect or a designer who's been doing it, especially seasoned people they kind of understand you're not going to be putting carpet on a pool deck or something, you know, like you're not doing these silly things, but salesmen at a residential shop. Especially just, like the, if they're, they stay there and they never even visit the, the client's house or anything. Man. That seems to be a pretty big gripe. Salesman selling it things that it's not the right fit. And the installer's like, I don't want to install this in here. I don't think it's going to last. I don't think it's going to work. And and then you look in the comments and it's everything from walk away. Okay, well, that's those guys I just kind of want to put in a room and say, is that your answer to everything? Just to wipe your hands clean and walk away? I mean, I don't know that that's the best solution. Maybe, but then you could call the salesman and they just say, install it. And you're like, and you feel like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Then. So, yeah. you know, I also understand their side of wanting to just walk away. Uh, but the comments go from everything from just walk away to, you know, write a letter stating that you're not uncomfortable with the installation, send them an email right from your phone. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good suggestion. Like, Hey, send them an email and say, I just want you to know I'm completely uncomfortable installing this this flooring in this situation. I don't think it's the right product from my experience. Per our conversation earlier, you told right. me to continue on anyway. I just wanted this to be noted that I am doing so with, uh, you know, 
not rioting, but like <laughs> great well, prejudice. And, right, and and making sure that that you communicate with uh, the sales team before you communicate with uh, the homeowner or end user is is really good too. Because maybe there's something there that they didn't know they overlooked, and they can find some resolve right away before everyone goes, "Oh, this material, blah blah blah, I can't do this crap." You know, because then you're ruffling feathers. You don't need to ruffle. It's it's about professional. Yeah, guys. I mean, you you know the old saying: um, loose lips sink ships. I mean, yeah. you know, just griping about it on site for everybody to hear isn't the best solution either. Call your call your salesman or your project manager, whoever back yeah. to the company, um, and, and talk it through with them. But I, it looks to me like there there's almost this feeling. It seems. Like they're they're truly between a rock and a hard place. Like the materials on site, the homeowner's out of the house. It's the only day you're going to do it. You go tell the homeowner you're not going to do it. You've just caused a shit storm, for lack of a better word. <clears throat> um, they almost feel forced. And I, I thought that at least putting your um, your reluctancy to do that project in writing and sending that to your salesman. Uh, is at least put some level of risk management for the installer. So I think that's a good thing to do. Like if it ain't yeah. right and you know it ain't right, voice your opinion. And that way you're, you have some level of protection when you, if something was to go wrong. And, and also another another thing too, like um, early on um, in our careers, we I started being proactive. You know, once I hit a couple of projects where there was information that was left out or no one knew or the salesperson had no knowledge of, um, I started being proactive and asking those questions. Well, what about this area and this area right here? And why are we doing it with this method and not this? Do they understand that this might happen? And, this, and then people kept telling me, like, you ask a lot of questions. I'm like, well, I hope you're taking notes because this should be your... Uh, this, this should be your template for the next project. So that way I don't have to ask you these questions. You have the I answer. hope you're taking notes so you learn the next time. Yeah, I, and, I, and <laughs> seriously, that was a real conversation. And I wasn't wasn't doing it to be to be an ass. I was doing it because I didn't want to show up to someone's home or someone's business uh, on a project ready to rock. And then as soon as I'm there 10 minutes in, I have to say, excuse me, Mr. Homeowner, excuse me, Mr. Business Owner or Mrs. I, I got to step outside for a minute. Like they're going to understand the body language, right? Because you're going to get in there. Nobody hides that. Nobody walks in and goes, oh, this looks great. Hey, I'll be right back. They walk in, they go, hey, I'll... oh, no. Oh, um, excuse me. I'll be, right back. <laughs> I'll be back in a second. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it came back to the communication thing, right? It all falls back to that same thing. And are you dealing with a salesperson who's 10 years in, 20 years in, or two years in? Right, yeah. Salesperson is somewhat your audience as well. You have to know who you're dealing with and know it matters. Yeah. Yes, it does matter, one hundred percent. Ex installer never installed a day in their life. Like there's, we work with a, a gentleman, uh, uh, Bob, known him for twenty five years now, and ex installer like that dude, he is on it. And if he forgets something, it's very rare. Um, but, but he he's also that salesman that if he does forget something, he's like, just do it right. I'll cover it. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. his jobs are real nice because uh, he's either got like 200 extra yards or he's two <laughs> boxes short. <laughs> it's not that well, bad. Bob, the, if you're tuning in, it's not that bad. <laughs> so the, the, what other challenges? Cause you know, you got your day in day out, like technical stuff. And I think that's, really boils yeah. down most times to training and equipment do you have the right training to do it and do you have the right equipment to do it and if both of those boxes are checked really the bulk of the problems are what we're talking about now manpower you you don't ever know when someone's going to have an accident someone's going to be sick or someone's going to have an emergency um that, that's always going to be a challenge, right? And the smaller the company, the more it affects you. Um, you know, because if you have five people working in your company and you lose one person, you just lost 20% of your workforce. Um, yeah. If you look at it like that. Uh, and it, 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 it's, it's just one of the things that you have to learn how to deal with. Like, I, I think uh, I still have a hard time dealing with that. 
but learning to you can only control what you can control right like hey griping about it for two hours in the morning and making a big deal about it isn't solving anything you have to set that aside and and, and be part of the solution not the problem and figure it out um, yeah so do you have means of when somebody gets hurt or you know gets sick one day what what's your first thing We still Head up. Head up. A, you do you would do the I, same thing sometimes. Yeah. I still did I, I was welding a stage last week, you know. Um, I'm gonna be installing carpet tomorrow. You know, we employ 40 some people at my company and have uh you know 60, 70 subs on top of that, but still not partially because I still actually enjoy the stuff. I know that a lot of you know, you know I still do, but the it other part of that is uh, I enjoy teaching, so I'll have my uh, a bunch of my leads with me on this job and just teaching them, making sure they understand how to properly set up a job because most of – I'm not fast because I can cut faster than another guy. Mm -hmm. I'm fast because I know how to set up a job to where it flows in a manner that everybody stays busy, very fluid-like. Yes. That's what I like doing yeah. when I walk on a job is make sure that it's set up and, you know, patching, starting here and there and there, pulling out tape measures, starting to put down lay lines while the patch is going down and doing things in in a sequence that ends up getting the, the job done faster. But so proper setup of the project is is where I, I like to. But yeah, you just sometimes you got to knee pad up. I do think communication is another piece to that. It's like, call it like you said. It, and it's funny how a lot of these things go back to good communication. But, you know, if you're not going to have a guy because someone's sick and you, you can't, you know, backfill them with another guy, well, then what do you do other than call your superintendent and your project manager or your homeowner? And you're like, hey, we're going to be down a couple of guys. Uh we'll we'll look at the whole schedule and the entire team and say what jobs are not in trouble at all is and can we pull from yes and stay and maintain over there but not maybe knocking it out of the park to knock it out of the park over here so sometimes just communication and scheduling um on large construction sites pushing in a day or two is not the end of the world pushing miss jones kitchen that she moved out <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, we actually had one of those this 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 week, right? Last week. Last week. Last week, uh, um, our guy that we had scheduled to do the carpet um, had a, a death in the family that he had to deal with, and they put him a day behind. He ended up losing a day of work, and he put got put a day behind, and he was trying to stay on task, but it just it couldn't catch up. Uh, and it's just like at that point, it's like, hey, dude, don't worry about it, man. We got it. Calm, collected, and then as soon as he hang up the phone, it's like, oh man, we got. I don't know how we're gonna do it, but you know what? Um, uh, uh, baby sister, she's a miracle up. worker. Sometimes she stepped up, and you know, we got everything done. Everything uh, went smooth. It, it pushed us a little bit behind to to start the week yesterday. But I went in the field yesterday, and and today I got put behind by a family emergency this morning. So, uh, well, I'm, there's always something gonna come up. That's why yeah. you got to be skilled at these pro uh, problem resolutions. Because I mean, the fact is, is every week. I would venture to say every single week we have somebody sick, not show up, uh, you know, some some manner of something not going the way you planned it to go, right? So we got to just be experts from from our side uh, of the coin, from the company side at, at solving those problems and moving guys around like puzzle pieces, almost like chessboard to where's your best next move. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess at the end of, uh, you know, we're talking about installation challenges though. Do, do you feel like the big, what do you feel like is the biggest problem you would like, like if you could build the just perfect subcontractor, what is that? subcontractor look like and and how how is it that their approach addresses some of these issues we've talked about 
Does that make sense? Like if yes, you could build yes. the perfect sub, what are they doing that solves a lot of your problems? Showing up when they things are scheduled. Punctuality. <laughs> um, willingness to continue their education so that way you don't have to babysit all the time, uh, right? And, and make sure they have the information. You trust that they have the information. Um, uh, some sort of uh, uh, middle of the ground, higher level of professionalism. Um, uh, someone who you, you trust to to have a great communication on site with clients, with you, with your staff, um, able to articulate <laughs> um, issues. Um, I mean, so yeah, communication, I mean, professionalism. Yeah. Um, from a uh, maybe a hard skill or more of a, uh, a you know like equipment, the right yeah, tools. Yeah, yeah that 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 and helps. obviously the right training. So training tools, um, communication, professionalism. Yeah. And and some of the other things are blanketed in in those right there too, like the Daniel said, reliability, uh, you know, punctuality, stuff like that is kind of blanketed in the professional. You know, that probably gets blanketed into actually caring about your customer and who's yeah. going to be yes. who's walk, and you can tell your customer and flooring by who's going to be walking on the damn thing when it's all said and done, and caring about their experience on your on the floor you installed. So, you know that they're going to be on it on, on time. Some of the best subs I know are the ones who actually care that the owner's going to get in their building on time. Well, you know, that, you that know, doesn't just mouth. care about getting your job done for you, but they actually care about the owner getting in on time, the school starting on time. They feel the pressure with you that is exuded onto you as the company from your general contractor or your homeowner. They feel the pressure with you without you having to apply the pressure. You know what I'm saying? Like that yes. guy that just gets it. He gets on site. He knows he lost a day. He calls you. Hey, man, I lost about a half a day because of, you know, this. they cut these saw joints in on an 8 by 8 grid instead of 12 by 12. So I had three quarters, you know, 30% more saw joints to patch. But I'll catch you back up tomorrow. That kind of guy that just gets it, that's been the most beneficial. And he seemed that those types of crews seem to be naturally more equipped and more trained. Yeah. And, and Just, that goes to, that right there adds on to how Daniel is, how, how we used to be is, you know, an, an hour today saves three hours tomorrow. Right. And if you look at a project where you're there for a month, that three hours that you save every day or four times a week, four days a week adds up at the end of the project because a deadline's a deadline. You can't make up 24 hours in an eight-hour day in 24 hours <laughs> yeah yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> right yeah yeah and so so any any advantage an install installer or installation crew could get by saving time for the next day is super beneficial and i know it's hard to view it that way um as an employee i mean i've always viewed it that way as an employee anyway but i know that probably cut from a different cloth but it's Investing your time and right. not spending it, right? It sounds right. like, you know, you invest that one hour and you you get any investment, you expect a return on your investment or an ROI. Well, if your ROI is three hours, like your example that Daniel had, well, there you go. Invest that hour because it's going to pay you three hours back every day or maybe an hour a day on a week-long job. You just, you just got given back seven hours of your life almost. Mm -hmm. So, and not only that is, hey, you work a couple long days, Monday through Thursday, Fridays ends up being a shorter day because you save some of those hours, um, you know, and uh, for, for some people, the sooner you get a project done, the sooner you can roll into another one. Um, I don't yeah. know very many successful individuals or installers that like to work three days and take three days off, right? I don't. Or I was told by a guy last week that was in my office here at Go Carrera that, uh, you know, down south, they, they like to work three to five hours a day and fish on Fridays. And I'm like, how does he, how do you get any work done? <laughs> we, we went worked in um, Oklahoma and Iowa 
on some commercial projects long ago. And we went there and with a small crew, me, Daniel, Charles, who's with us again, um, and some other installers. And we went there and banged out these movie theaters like, boom, the local guys came up to me and said, can you guys please stop working like that? And I thought it was a joke. And I was like, what are you talking about? Because of you guys, they're going to expect us to do that. And we're not trying to do that. And it's like, well, you know, I'm from Michigan, dude. There's a reason they called me here from Michigan. Um, and I'm trying to get back home to my family. Uh, so the sooner I get these jobs done, the sooner I get to go home. And I'm not doing anything out of the ordinary. I'm just working like what I feel is normal. Um, and that was that was a rather odd conversation because he was serious. And I was like, oh. And that was a long time ago. That so. was like 20 years ago. Yeah, I still remember <laughs> it like it was yesterday. That's still a great story. <laughs> Hey, dude, could you slow down? You're it was, a it, bad was name. it was a real conversation. That's funny. Well, I I uh, I think that our our time together every single week always turns into you know diving deep on stuff that kind of has a similar tone. Yeah. And that that and why <clears throat> is that? It's because the big issues are still the big issues the big issues of these accelerated schedules and trying to get work done in less time and lower budgets and just all this constraint causes all this heartache, really. I mean, if you have ample time to get, I mean, most GCs know if you gave them like a bid and we're going to award the, the job to the GC based on who we think is most, um, reasonable on their time frame not the fastest but the closest to actual reason and that's how you awarded bids then a gc could put the pieces in they know how to build the building the problem is they agree to these condensed schedules that these owners want from them which i love all you owners out there but at the same time when you constrain those schedules i had a conversation with a very large client of mine in the same regard and we do a ton of work directly with them. And then we do some work through a GC or several GCs that on bigger projects for him. And he pulled me aside. We, I had given a talk actually on concrete moisture <clears throat> at uh, IFMA, which is like the management people. The uh, You guys probably have a local IFMA chapter there. Uh, you might look into it if, if uh, nothing else. Know. but. It's uh, IFMA, so it's like the International Facility Management Association or something like that. Anyway, I was given a talk about concrete moisture, and my client I had never met, he was the head guy at the facility, came up and said, hey, I never met Stuart, and we started having a conversation. He's like, you know, you kind of had a little bit of a struggle on that last job because I'm not used to having any problems with your company. And it's like, well, I understand, but just so you understand, I won't throw anybody under the bus, but when you have a someone else in the middle, like a general contractor who dictates our schedule, you're not getting the same level of what we provide you when we're working directly with you. Because we tell you we're going to be there on this date and we can be there on this date. There's nothing in our way from being there and performing the job the way we see fit. But when we get to a job that has a GC involved and someone's in the way and we can only do this little area, or we can only yeah. work for two to three days, then we got to leave. Well, then the GC calls and wants us back. Uh, they call on a Monday and they want us back there on a Tuesday. Well, we can't get the same crew that started the job. And it's like, it brings a lot of other dynamics. So I just wanted yes. you to understand that. So I explained that all to him. But those are real life problems that if those, we're always going to have to be masters at communication, at problem solving and and being agile i think those those are we just have to be good at it you know um be i like don't water. see those really big problems changing overnight you know i don't think any of the big problems will ever change overnight even if you're prepared for it the night before um yeah. it's every gc is going to be a little bit different everyone's going to react a little bit different uh everyone not everyone is always going to see it from, from our perspective and we're not always going to see it from theirs. And, you know, 
I really enjoy working with the companies and the individuals that we've had the pleasure of knowing for a decade or more, because I don't want to say we don't get our way, but we come to an agreement a lot sooner, a lot quicker. And we come to her. Right. And we come to an understanding. And yes, even though you can't really hear my voice, but they really hear the words. Right. And and they understand that the systems now and and we appreciate everyone or the return business and, and understanding of, of what we're trying to accomplish um, yeah. in our industry. I, I mirror that same to, to all the clients we've gotten to work with, you know, but to maybe piggyback a little bit, you know, all that stuff, all those variables, every job site's different, every project's different with a different GC. Hell, you can have the same GC with a different PM and different super, and it's a whole new experience, you know? So all those things, all those variables are always there. It's what I love and hate about the the construction industry in general. I love the fact that not every day is the same, but sometimes I hate the fact that not every day is the same. <laughs> you know, it's like, why can't I have just an easy day today? Well, because they all every single day in the flooring industry in particular, but in construction is a a new day with a new set of of problems to solve. So. You know, if you don't like problems, this isn't the industry for you. You got to like to find and resolve problems. I think. Yeah, you be know? ready for a challenge. That's really the really, and and, and you that, know, there's still more good, good days. Good installer too. There's still more good days than bad days, though. I will say that, even though it doesn't seem like it when the bad days hit, the good days still far outnumber the bad days. Everyone, Amen. admit it or not. Yeah, I agree. Well, gentlemen. We're at four o'clock, believe it or not. Um, you mean five o'clock? Five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> we did. So we burned burned through our our hour. Um, just to recap, good communication was a big part. If you're an installer, showing your professional uh, professionalism by being on time, you know, being dependable. Uh, what is dependable? It means people can depend on you. If I like need you, said, you, I can depend on you. Actually caring about the client and the client isn't necessarily always the person that you're working directly for. It's the person that's the end user that's going to be using whatever you're putting down. Yeah. Yeah. Not just the guy that's paying you or the, the company that's paying you, 100%. but who's going to be using that space. If you care about them. You'll, you'll, pretty much do a good job because i mean you can get through a lot of stuff if you're caring about the right stuff you know the right things so yeah and you know i i can't say it enough you're when you guys brought up communication that solves a lot of problems and link with go carrera if you haven't seen it and you're in the audience you're going to be blown away when we start demoing and showing video of this stuff uh it'll tremendously help with the communication piece uh I've got a few more rounds that I got to do with you guys. I want to do a couple more, uh, show you some things we've tweaked. So we've got a few more, We're few in. more tests with the with everybody. But um, yeah, I'm excited to roll that feature out to everyone and 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 hopefully save everybody some time and money. So if you're watching us on YouTube, consider giving us a like and subscribe. I know we're not uh, talking about AI all the time, although we did get into that last week. We're yeah. not. We're not necessarily talking about the most interesting subjects on the planet, but we are talking about other people, which may be the most interesting. So, you know, we're talking about tradesmen and women who put food on their table by putting in, you know, by using the skills in their hands and the, the talent in their brain. And so um, I think all of our our mission here is to elevate the, the tradesmen, you know, and uh, what they do for all of us. So the building you're you're working in um the house you're sitting in um the car you drive is likely done by a skilled person and so value yeah. what they give to our society and value what they give to uh, to you and your family so with that we'll sign out you guys got any last words no thanks thanks everyone for joining all the time we like we get a lot of the same return people on live and, yeah. and stuff like that so um Actually, I have I have a question just to throw it out there for for people to answer. Uh, what can sales team who give you guys the projects do better on their end to make sure um, that your checklist is is checked and marked for what you expect? I would like to see some ideas. Maybe we can um, 
uh, use yeah. that in the future. Throw it in the comments. And if you guys have any suggestions on topics or things you'd like us uh, to, to discuss or bring an expert on, uh, we can do that as well. Um, but if you have any I, anything that you'd like to see, tag us on in your group. Uh, tag the guys uh, in your Facebook group about an uh, issue. We might just post this as a question, what topics uh, on the Facebook um, on our Facebook page and, and maybe throw it in the groups as well. But if you have any suggestions for topics or things you'd like for us to go over, even if it's very specific on a product, on how to install a certain product, even if we don't know, we can get you the right resource and get you guys plugged in. So reach out to us if we can help and we will see you guys next week. All right. See you. All right. See you guys. Thank you.